there are no perfect relationships. A lot of relationships have a lot of push and pull in the relationship. And some relationships have one person that does a lot of the pushing and another one that does all the pulling. That disequilibrium of the relationship can make for a really disappointing, disconnecting, and unfulfilling relationship and also have a huge impact on the quality of your life. Join me now as I talk about codependency, one of the elements of the push and the pull. The quality of our lives depends on the quality of our relationships. But what is it that determines the strength or quality of our relationships? For over 20 years, I've been working in the trenches of relationship recovery and greatness. I empower people to take charge of their relationships and single-handedly bring about desired outcomes. This show cuts through the fluffy stuff and gets to the nitty-gritty of what makes a relationship work. I'm going to teach you practical tools and principles to transform the important relationships in your life and bring about greater satisfaction and fulfillment. Get ready to transform your life through the power of relationship skills. It's time for The Emil Show. What is codependency? You know, long, long time ago, way before the term codependency was used in relationship characterizations and attributes, codependency was referred to as a term to describe the relationship between two organisms that had a symbiotic relationship. Like both organisms needed each other to survive. Uh, An example of that would be ants and aphids. Not that everybody knows about the ants and aphids relationship, but aphids produce a sweet honeydew that the ants love. And the ants then, in return, protect the aphids, those little docile little, you know, insects, from predators. So they have a symbiotic relationship. Um, Something that you might be more familiar with is, you know, those big, huge fish, okay? And then those other little fishes that like are stuck to them, it seems. So so those are the cleaner fish and the host fish. Cleaner fish, like wrasses, they remove and eat parasites and dead tissue from the larger host fish. And so this keeps the host fish healthy and provides the cleaner fish with a source of food and literally protection because if you're one of those cleaner fish, you're kind of protected by the host fish. So that's another example of a symbiotic relationship where they're kind of codependent. Then this this term codependent in the 50s, it started to be used in terms of relationships between someone who was an alcoholic or an addict and their partner who for whatever reason, seem to contribute to or enable the alcoholism. And this dysfunctional relationship was between an alcoholic and what they labeled as a codependent person. So they were both dependent on each other, thus the codependence. And this term, codependency, became popular over time and really reached public popularity as a term when Melanie Beatty wrote her book, Codependent No More. Huge book in self-help, helping people figure out what codependency was. Now, why do people develop this? You know, 
Well, first, think of codependency as a broad description of the characteristics and attributes of someone who who has low self-esteem and needs to be valued by others. If you're familiar with attachment theory, then you'll probably recognize that anxious attachment style where the person needs closeness, kind of an overabundance of closeness for a sense of security. So both of them have some things that are very similar in that they need the positive regard of the other person to feel good. Now, the positive regard is like a drug to help them feel good about themselves because they're not able or haven't developed the ability to value themselves independently from the value they get from someone else. And and that feel good only lasts for a little while. So when that wears off, they'll need some more later. So So in many ways, they actually become addicted to the positive regard of the other person. And the more they depend on that positive regard, then the less they focus on meeting their own needs emotionally and validating themselves. And this is the co in codependencies because when it comes to partners who also have an addiction to drugs or gambling or sex and they're combined with the other person who's addicted to the positive regard that they get, then the person who's addicted to gambling and sex gets enabled by the person who is needing the positive regard because if they enable, then they get the positive regard. This stabilizes a dysfunctional relationship. A codependent type of person is drawn to somebody who might have an addiction because it's those people are, you can get the attention that you need by giving them what they need. And now not all codependent people are going to marry someone or have a relationship with someone who's an addict. It's just a tendency for for the codependent people to do that. So, you know, I think it's an overgeneralization when you, you talk about codependency to only fit that in relationships where somebody has an addiction. Not all codependent people are drawn to or develop relationships with people who are addicts, okay? There's, it's just a symbiotic relationship with somebody else that, and that may not even have an addiction. And so sometimes it's not that drastic of a relationship, but guess what? It can still be really painful. A more mild form of this codependency is being a people pleaser. So the more you are willing to sacrifice what's good for you, okay, what you need in order to get the attention or positive regard of the other person, then the more codependent that person is. And we use the term codependent almost as a misnomer because codependency is, you know, in its purest form, is the symbiotic relationship of two people that are dependent. And that's not always the case. But we still use the term codependent to describe one person's characteristics. We should be able to say, hey, that person has a kind of a a dependent type personality or that kind of, that person is kind of dependent but codependent is a fantastic way to also characterize that this is an emotional relational kind of interaction rather than like financially it's just it's a nice term that's coined for mental health reasons
But when it's really bad, we now have, you know, it can go really severe to where somebody is constantly putting themselves in harm's way and breaking rules. And so that would become like a, a disorder, a personality disorder called dependent personality disorder. So DPD. And that, that personality disorder is, is on the far end of the continuum. So think of the, all of these like ideas of needing someone in your life on a continuum. On one end of the continuum, like there is no need for anyone. That is a monk in a cave, all right? They aren't dependent on anyone. Then you have the dependent personality disorder that, you know, I can't live if living is without you. You know, I can't breathe without you. You know, it's those are some really sappy songs. Way far on that end. And then we're going to be somewhere in the middle there. The more you sacrifice things that are really good for you, the more unhealthy that is. And when we betray what's good for us to get the positive regard of others, then that is the problem. And and oftentimes we can't we can't see the solution because we aren't even able to see the problem. Because all we experience as a codependent person is that we always seem to feel like we need more positive regard from someone else when we feel like crap. And we become dependent on the good graces that we find ourselves in from the person that we love. And when the, when the good graces aren't shining down on us, it's painful. And the solution is to enable or give in or surrender to the other person in order for us to not be in pain anymore. And that's not the solution to the problem. That's the solution to the pain. And this plays out in many different types of relationships. Now, the first and most obvious is the addict and the codependent person. That's kind of the classical one. But more commonly is the controlling and the controlled relationship where one of the partners is kind of domineering and controlling, which the domineering controlling person is convinced that that's an expression of their loyalty, devotion, and love, okay? And then there's the other one that surrenders to or gives into the dominant controlling person to keep the peace. If the peace is kept, then the domineering controlling partner is extra kind. But as soon as he or she is displeased, then the domineering and controlling person is hurtful and overbearing and withholds kindness. So what does the placator do? The one that gives in? They have to create the peace by giving up what they want so that the domineering person can be satisfied. And if the domineering person gets what they want, then they are gracious in their love, attention, and kindness. So you can kind of see how there's a codependency going on in its truest form because the domineering controlling person needs to be with someone who's willing to be controlled to keep the peace. And then the person who's being controlled gets the security and devotion of the person who's trying to be in control at the cost, unfortunately, of maybe some of the things that they're important to them in the relationship. That kind of relationship is way more common than the addict and the codependent person. Well, how do you know? How do you know if you've got codependency? Well, what I've done is I have looked at 
what Melody Beatty has kind of uh, her list, some of the, the elements of that. And I'm going to read those off to you. And what I want you to kind of do is evaluate this in your head. Like, okay, from one to 10, where am I on this? How do I fit in this? Is this, does this fit me really, really well? Or is it not so much? Okay. Caretaking. A codependent person often feels responsible for others' actions, feelings, choices, wants, needs, well-being, and ultimately their fate. And they tend to caretake others to the point of neglecting themselves. You can see how I was kind of talking about that earlier. The other one is low self-worth. Codependents often struggle with feelings of inadequacy, worthlessness, or guilt. They might believe they are not good enough, leading them to constantly seek approval and validation from others. Like I have people tell me literally, I just don't think I'm pretty. And you're like, or I don't think I'm smart, even though there's no real evidence to support it. Denial. A common trait in codependency is denial of the problem. Codependents might ignore, minimize, or rationalize their situation or the situation of the person they are enabling often denying the severity of their circumstances. What I see in this denial is I think some people, they're just, it's not denial, it's ignorance. They can't see the forest from the trees. They're actually unable to recognize it, not just in denial. Poor boundaries. Beatty highlights the difficulty codependents have in setting healthy boundaries. They might feel responsible for everyone's problem and find it hard to say no often leading to a loss of personal identity. Because the codependent person, their identity, their sense of satisfaction comes from the positive regard of other people. And you do whatever you need to do to get that. You become who you need to become to get that. Obsession and dependency. Codependents often become obsessed with the behaviors and problems of the person they are trying to help. Sometimes, oftenly, an addict. Their mood and happiness can become overly dependent on that person or their relationship. So true. If the other person's happy, they're happy. If they're sad, they're sad. And they're just waiting to react to how the other person is. They have no continuity or integrity in and of themselves because they are so dependent on the other person for their sense of value based on how they're being treated. Control. In an attempt to feel safe and secure, a codependent person may try to control others in situations, often through caretaking, advice giving, manipulation, or domination. Now, when I think of the term codependency, it's usually not the domineering controlling type, although that totally fits, all right? Because you think about it, the scenario between the controlling and domineering person and the person who's docile and gives in, they're both codependent. But we usually refer to codependent to the person who's needy and soft. That's not fair, but that's kind of how we, we think about it. But true codependence is on both sides of that equation. And even like when they talk about guilt trips, guilt trips is just another way of manipulation. Strings attached to everything, another form of manipulation. Communication difficulties. Codependents might have trouble communicating their thoughts, feelings, and needs directly and honestly. They suppress their emotions or avoid confrontation. They don't want to stir anything up. These are the types of people that are going to shut down and withdraw or say what they think their partner wants to hear. 
And of course, that's going to lead to a loss of identity. They can't be honest with their feelings for fear of hurting or disappointing the other person. Self-betrayal. And finally on her list is issues with intimacy. Fear of rejection or abandonment often leads to codependents to have problems with intimacy. They might avoid closeness to protect themselves or become overly dependent on the relationship for their sense of identity. And I've seen it both ways. I've seen codependents feel so insecure and so uncomfortable with sexual intimacy that they kind of push away. But I've also seen codependent people so like defined by their partner's desire for them, for both men and women on both sides of the equation. Those are some attributes, characteristics, some criteria to evaluate. Hey, how do I fit in those things? We all have some, but we may not have them all. And maybe one or two of those is really intense. Maybe that gives you a good idea to kind of reflect and think about, okay, well, what can I do? What what are my next steps? So what do you do? If you find yourself in that situation, what are you going to do about it? First step, before you do anything else, first step is decide what you want. If you don't figure out what you want, then you're just going to be bouncing around trying to figure out how to, you know, feel good. Figure out what you want. Get clear about what kind of relationship you want. Get clear about what kind of attributes you want for yourself. Self-love, patience, grit. To be able to be okay when someone is upset with you without shriveling or falling apart. So first decide what you what you want. Then the next thing is, is start doing the things you need to do in order to help you reach your objectives about getting what you want in your life. My podcast I recently did was all about self-love. Self-love is literally the antidote for codependency. Now, a little bit more about that, you know, from the last lesson, you'll learn that if you're not taking care of yourself, then you can't feel good about yourself. When you know what's good for yourself and you don't follow through what's good for yourself, like with boundaries and stuff like that, then you are going to feel crappy about yourself. And if you're feeling crappy about yourself and you find a lot of feel good from the positive regard of the other person, you see, that's how it's going. You're going to stay stuck. So as you invest more in self-love, it'll be a lot easier to support and manage your boundaries because you're going to start to feel good about yourself and you'll be more able to endure the disappointment, displeasure of the other person. And you're going to need skills to handle those moments when the other person is going to be disappointed and unhappy with you because you're not feeding into the thing that they want. And you need to be able to handle a situation. And that leads me to number three is you, you got to get some help. You may need to go to a licensed therapist that understands how to support people in overcoming their codependency. My program on conflict resolution and identifying and, and figuring out what you want in your relationship, those are fantastic tools to help somebody overcome their codependency and get the kind of relationship that they ultimately want. Understanding how we are people pleasers on steroids or if we're just codependent is the first step. And some people might say that you shouldn't have any dependency on another person. These See, these are the monks. 
you shouldn't have any expectations for other people. I'm telling you, that is ridiculous unless you are a monk. Now, I can agree with some of this in extreme cases, like you shouldn't depend 100% on somebody. I get that. However, any trusting relationship of any intimacy and vulnerability actually relies on how the other person shows up in our lives. And we should be able to depend on people, rely on people. And, And they should be able to rely on us and depend on us. But it should be within the boundaries of individual and relational health and well-being. If one or both of you are not healthy in the interaction, then we need to change something. And when two people are able to depend on each other in a healthy way, we call that interdependence. That's the term that we're kind of going for is you're independent, but you're together. And you rely on each other in a healthy way. So we have a term for that, interdependence, where you're still a unique individual with good self-esteem, yet you allow yourself to be vulnerable and need the other person in your life. And they too support your individuality and rely on you to meet their needs in the relationship. This is trust. This, This is true connection. Defining your boundaries is done by determining what you want and what you need to be healthy and happy in your life. Setting boundaries and defending and protecting the boundaries requires an ability to communicate effectively when those disappointments and frustrations happen. And that's why it's so important to get the tools and the skills to handle those kinds of conversations, which leads me into, if you don't already have my book, You Can Turn Conflict Into Closeness, then now's the time to get it because it teaches you step-by-step how to handle those conversations to support and manage your boundaries. It's not going to help you define your boundaries. That's a different activity. Once you know what you want and you're starting to get some pushback because other people may not you know, be able to adjust as quickly You're going to have some conversations. Those conversations are going to be really uncomfortable if you do not have the skills and the tools to handle that. There you have it. Codependency. Codependency, that deep desire to feel close and connected to the point where you sacrifice what's important and healthy for you to get the positive regard of the other person. It's dangerous because it stabilizes the dysfunction in the relationship and it prevents you from both experiencing the closeness, intimacy, and safety that comes from being mutually fulfilled in the relationship. The solution is to start the process of self-love, identify what you want, follow the boundaries, protect the boundaries with using those tools. And as you do those things, you will be, like Melanie Beatty says, codependent no more. If you like this episode of The Emo Show and you feel it's helpful, I encourage you, share this with other people. Post your thoughts and comments about it. Help other people learn how to improve the quality of their lives and improve the quality of their relationships by learning the skills, the tools, the principles to make their relationships and their lives so much better. And that is the end of this episode of The Emo Show, and I will see you, or you will at least hear me, in two weeks.
Thanks for listening to The Emil Show. If you want to learn how you can make a greater impact in the important relationships in your life, you owe it to yourself to get my book, You Can Turn Conflict Into Closeness. I know it's a long title for a book, but You Can Turn Conflict Into Closeness will teach you how to bring things up, how to respond to criticisms, how to respond to blame or allegations or passive-aggressive statements. It'll teach you how to resolve issues for good. You can take control of the most stressful and important moments with confidence and kindness. And you can get a free copy today by going to emilharker.com. That's E-M-I-L-H-A-R-K-E-R.com and click the link that says free book. And if you've got questions that you want answers for about relationships, email me your question at email at emilharker.com and I'll answer your questions in one of my future episodes.